Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by GhostBed. To find your perfect mattress, check out ghostbed.com slash ghost. And right now, GhostBed is offering our listeners 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and adjustable base or 30% off site-wide. Hurry, take advantage of these savings. at ghostbed.com slash ghost and use promo code ghost. Today on another chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. What started as a simple gift from a grandfather to a grandchild would soon have much more meaning than either could ever imagine, as this unassuming lap would slowly turn into a portal and way of communication between the living and the dead in this tight family unit. How could a simple lamp have such powers? We study that story and many more, today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us and if you like the show and you want access to all of our bonus episodes you get advanced episodes of the show no commercials as well and that full archive of episodes check out our patreon page go to patreon.com slash real ghost stories or just search real ghost stories online on the patreon app you can even go to our website ghostpodcast.com and sign up there as well to get all those extras Tony and Todd, we get on today's episode of the program. What's going on? So weird because uh, in the intro there, they were talking about a portal, yeah. right? And I don't think much of them. I mean, whenever I think portal, I think of like scary movies and stuff like that and the portal to hell and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But something interesting over the weekend, I've got a friend who uh, who lives in the UK mm-hmm. and she's kind of she's kind of woo-woo. And so sometimes we share some woo-woo stories and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. But she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm working out in garden. My house, when I first bought, was nothing but just mud and gross. Mm-hmm. And because there's a lot of shade there. So I created kind of a shade garden. It's all shade plants and put up an arbor and put up a fence and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of cute. It's it's kind of like where I go to kind of get away from everybody. Sure. sure. So I, sp- I spend a lot of time out there in the summer. Yeah. And so I took a picture of it. I sent it. She goes, oh, my God, that uh, that archway is a portal. And I said, what to what? What's the portal to? And she said, well, it's like energies come and go there because of the serenity of your garden. So I don't know what to believe. But then you have the intro on this and it's talking about portals. So now I'm I'm freaking out a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think like I don't know. I don't know much about like the how anyone technically describes a portal. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I believe there's certain areas that have them, but it, 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 no, are they natural things? I guess would be my first question is, uh, are these just, they're all over the place and they just occur naturally. It's part of, you know, just our makeup that we don't quite understand yet. Or can you create one, uh, by your actions? Right, right. That's a good question. I, I think I kind of believe that as well. I think certain things are drawn to certain places, etc. And yeah. and I, you know, I've I've experienced in investigating. I've experienced locations that seem to be almost like a train station or a subway station, where 
energies come and go. They're they're not always there. Yeah. But they come for a short period of time and they travel through almost like, you know, in Harry Potter when they have to get to that certain point yeah. of the train station and then like jump through to the other side. It almost reminds me of that. But I, I don't know that I would necessarily consider that a portal yeah. necessarily. So are you going to do anything to try and confirm if this is a portal in your garden? I don't know what to do. First of all, <laughs> I don't know if I want to know that there's things coming and going just outside my house. Yeah. And second of all, I don't know what to do unless I go out there with some equipment and, you know, and see what happens. But I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, you could go out with I mean, what would you use? What would you use to test it? If you if you could try and get an answer. <sighs> Um, I would probably uh, go out with an MP3 recorder, some kind of audio recorder, maybe some video. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to do is actually throw a video uh, camera out there, like mm -hmm. a closed circuit camera or something, and just let it record out there for a while. It would actually do two things. Number one, maybe I'd catch a ghost, but certainly I would find out what the hell is digging up some of my plants out there. So well, I might actually demons. kill two birds with one stone. There's demons doing it. That, you know, <laughs> That's what's happening at night. Well, that makes a lot of sense. It's not a chipmunk. It's some old lady from the 1892 that lived on my property or something like that. And exactly. She's pissed off. There's a new uh, Bruce Springsteen song for your garden. It's like, there's a portal in Todd's garden. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you had me at hello. You had me at no hello. More, no more singing on this. Yes. Okay? Yes. Ah, gosh. Well, that's interesting. Possible portal in your garden. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a, I, I, my garden is a really positive place for me. I have several archways in it. Uh, I, I showed you that video the other day. Um, Which blew my mind. And I had to share it with a couple of people. I'm like, look at this asshole. <laughs> I got, I got this little plot of land up by my garage that I'm trying to grow shit in. Look at this. <laughs> my little arena of uh, hay bales and shit growing. Yeah. And it's so far it's going pretty good, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel really at peace out there. I don't know if it's just because it's, there's other, there's not people, it's just plants and I don't know. plants can't make you feel shitty unless they're like, I don't know. I guess if they're dying, you can be like, Oh God damn it plant. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I can understand where there's like some energy thing going on in that, that space. Cause it, it has a very unique feel to it outside of other you know places in the yard or whatnot. Do you feel kind of grounded there? I do. Honest. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like, yeah. I'll just go out there if I'm busy. I like, I need a, a break. I'll just go out there and just like, you know, weed a little bit or trim the plants and then just come back in and not make a, a big deal of it. But then I can keep up on it. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's kind of a good reset place. I see me saying to you, Hey, what you doing? And I see you with your air quotes going, I'm weeding. <laughs> I'm trimming the plants. <laughs> I'm weeding while weeding. Uh, in my garden. Yes. Correct. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And there's the edibles over there on the table. And then there's uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, I, you can't grow that in this state legally. So I don't, I don't touch trying to grow it because, uh, that, that would not, uh, end well. Uh, but, uh, it's one of those weird laws still. Um, but you it's like, you can't do any, have anything up there, right? There's no medical I, in Wisconsin yet. Nothing. No. Wow. Nothing. It'll come. I think it's a great thing. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first story that says, Hi, Tony and everyone. I've been listening to Real Ghost Stories Online since 2017, but this is the first time I've written in. I've got a few stories I'd like to share with you, but I just heard this story this evening that mentioned a touch lamp, and it reminded me of my own story. 
When I was a kid, my grandpa gave me a little touch lamp as a gift. I didn't think much of it, but always kept it in my room, despite rarely using it. Never did anything weird for the first years I had it. My grandpa gave it to me when I was about 10, and he died in 2009 when I was 14. A few years later, when I was about 16 or so, I was going to sleep. My mom stopped by my room to say goodnight. She closed the door behind her, and I was facing the wall with my eyes closed. But I sensed light in the room. I turned over to see that the touch lamp was on. It was on a high-up shelf across the room sitting next to a photo of my grandpa. I almost never used it at the time. My first instinct was that it was my grandpa saying hi. I even got up and asked my mom if she had turned it on before leaving my room for some reason, but she said no. So I shrugged it off as my grandpa saying hi and didn't really think about it after that. I brought the lamp with me to college and all various places I lived during. It didn't light up on its own for a few years until I moved into my grandpa's old house after I graduated. Within a year of living there, the lamp started lighting up once in a while, maybe once a month, and it creeped me out sometimes because my grandpa's house had some weird energy in it. And one time while showering, I happened to be thinking about what it could be. I reminded myself that the first time it happened, I thought it was him. And then, as if to confirm that thought, I got out of the shower to see the lamp fully lit on my nightstand. One October, it happened a lot more than usual, about twice a week. And that month, my great aunt's Grandpa's sister passed away. The week leading up to her death was the most active week. And then after she passed, it stopped happening completely. I think my grandpa might have been visiting around that time to be there when his sister crossed over. I still have the lamp. I think I'll always hang on to it in hopes that my grandpa will stop by and say hello. Thank you for reading. Hello to Harper, Harper, Carol, and Todd as well. I love the podcast and have many more stories to share. So I'll write in again sometime soon. Jordan from New Mexico. Interesting. So would that lamp qualify as a portal or is it just more so like it's something that can be used as a tool and she's just carrying it around with her? Yeah, I, th- I don't know that it would necessarily be a portal because I would think a portal would be something that actually allows something to come through mm-hmm. and travel and all that kind of stuff. But certainly some sort of like a, a tri- trigger object, yeah. uh, a communication device of some sort that... And, and when she, when Jordan said that, you know, they immediately thought it was grandpa when it happened the first time. I wonder sometimes if our thoughts that we put into stuff like that create even more. So in other words, Jordan believing that it was her grandfather that turned it on from then on out, if he was going to communicate with her, he would probably use that device. Like she assigned it almost. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And then he would know, oh, okay, if I do this with that, she'll think it's me. But if right. I yep. if I turn the stove on uh, without lighting the gas, she won't think it's me. Uh, right. And uh, so, like, one's going to slowly poison everyone in the home, and the other is going to give you messages through your light. <laughs> Could possibly be the same person with a weird Could energy be. in that house. It, um, once in an investigation, I'll just throw this out there. We, you know, investigated all night long. We're, tr- we're like use the MP3 recorder, use the EMF detector, you know, do this, do that. And, and we got little bits and pieces of, of stuff. Yeah. But when we, when we finally said, okay, do the thing that you know how to do, not only did that happen on command, but then all this other stuff happened because it's like we, like you said, assigned that as a way of communicating. Yeah. It was something that they knew how to do. So 
all of a sudden now we were getting conversations in the middle of nowhere with nobody around and, and all sorts of stuff. That's interesting because yeah, people do walk in there with their tools and like, okay, use this. And it's like, how about I use something that I've been sitting here playing with all week because I'm fucking dead and there's nothing else to do. And now I know how to use this telephone and I can play any song you want uh, just with the digits. Uh, yep, you know, yep. it, it's like stuff like that. We're like, yeah, use more of what's there that they would know versus, you know, here, scanning words, pick words. Like, I don't even, I'm, how would you know to do that? Those, I wonder. It's like about wa- walking into a room and telling somebody to communicate using Chinese as a language yeah. and them not knowing how to do that. You know, exactly. it's the same thing. And it was very eye opening for me. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. A lot of it is the way I think we look at it because there's like all these ways of, that people have been doing things and everybody just does the same thing forever. But I think there's, uh, there's a lot more open-mindedness coming to this area and ideas and ways of doing it. That's not just, um, you know, an EVP or, um, uh, you know, this device or that device. It's just right. Yeah. More natural type things. Back to the conversation in just a second. First, I want to thank our supporter today. It is ghost bed we all know how important sleep is to our overall health and wellness so i'm really excited to tell you about these guys because they have an amazing product or i should say products because there's several of them from their beds to their pillows to their sheets it's all wonderful and it's summer and it's hot and cooling is very important right now at this time of year i love their products even harper loves their products too uh, I, you have one of the ghost pillows. Uh, it, it, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it just makes it so much easier to fall asleep because I do have some just generally like falling asleep problems, but that has really helped me. It does. Ghost Bed is made by Nature Sleep. It's an industry leader in the mattress space since 2001. Every Ghost Bed product from their mattresses to their sheets and pillows designed with cooling features. So it's perfect if you sleep warm, which most people do. They've even gotten a mattress dubbed the coolest bed in the world. Shipping is free. It's fast. You can try their products out and their mattresses for 101 nights. And you even get an industry-leading warranty up to 25 years. Check it out for yourself. Free shipping and most orders ship within 24 hours. I was amazed when I put my order in and it was like, boom, it was on my steps like the next day. I was just, I was shocked. Zero down, 0% APR financing, easy financing on mattresses starting at $35 a month. So yes, you can buy a mattress for like, 35 bucks a month to find the perfect mattress check out ghostbed.com slash ghost and right now ghostbed is offering our listeners 40 percent off ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and adjustable base or 30 percent off site-wide that's 30 percent off all mattresses plus two luxury pillows use promo code ghost at ghostbed.com slash ghost hurry take advantage of these savings that's ghostbed.com slash ghost and use promo code ghost uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Uh, I want to go to this letter. It says, love your show. Listen to it all the time. I'm somehow comforted by the paranormal. And I believe it's due to the few months in 1979 when I was about 11 years old. My mom and I moved in with my great Grammy Susie Q to care for her until she could be placed in an old folks home. I adored my Grammy and her cozy home in Monmouth, Maine. It had this 50s style kitchen with red, white, Gingham curtains, white cabinets, and a squeaky screen door. The kitchen even smelled like cookies. It was a bright, cozy home that felt comforting at first. My great-grandfather built the home in 1921 and died there in 1973 from a complication of MS. 
I love to explore the old house inside and out. The first eerie feelings came from my grandpa's old woodworking area. It was left undisturbed just as he had left it so many years ago. Unfinished project, unfinished projects, dusty tools sat on the table. It smelled of sawdust and I felt strongly a presence there, though I was just spooked by it and didn't understand. My curiosity would always bring me back there. The area surrounding the house was lovely with high hay fields, huge oak trees and white fences. Although it felt so unexplainable, everything echoed. The basketball hitting the driveway, voices and such. The backyard was particularly strange as it seemed to be void of any sound. The air was so very thick there. All of the kids in the family avoided this area as it felt like you'd be swallowed up by it. A huge tree was struck by lightning twice in that backyard. Inside the house was odd, too. Both the top of the stairs and the basement door held an energy that was creepy to me and actually all the kids in our family. I'd run by those areas so not to be caught by whatever was watching me. Grammy would talk about the man that came up there from basements constantly went out the front door. Who is that man, she'd ask my mom. Mom would just say she didn't know. She would also complain about the Indians in her bedroom that would keep her up all night, circling her bed and chanting. I'd feel chills go up my spine when she'd share these things. Many family members saw a figure looking out a window through the years, which happened to be my bedroom window. When no one was home, one night I heard footsteps in the hall and felt something sit on my bed and put their icy cold hand on my leg. Thinking it was my mom, I asked her what was wrong. I was shaken when she didn't answer me and louder exclaimed, Mom, only to hear her response from across the hallway. I would have fainting spells going up the stairs more than once, having never fainted before living there. On one night, my grandpa, who was a Baptist minister, stayed with us in his family home and awoke us by screaming that the devil was on his head. I was kind of pushed out of the commotion going on that night, but was freaked out by his screams. Many of these incidents, such as that, my mother would try to explain away as a dream or something, so not to scare me. I learned later in life that... She was covering up things to protect me somehow. What really has probably scared me the most was a reoccurring dream I'd have of this tiny, evil old lady flying at me, screaming. Just this year while talking about the old house with my aunts, my Aunt Jeannie told me how terrified she was of the old witch that would scream and fly at her. I had tears in my eyes. I never told anyone my dreams. Lastly, a freaky thing happened to me at least three times in that house that I've never heard another person experiencing. I'd walk up to my mom and Grammy, Susie, talking, and they would start talking so fast it was like a fast-forward button was pushed. I'd scream at them to stop and run off. Mom still remembers that and how she worried that I was losing my mind. It was only six months that we lived in that house. It seemed like years to me at such a young age. I still think about it, how much I loved it. It comforted me and scared me all at the same time. Anyway, that's my story. Thank you, Donna. It makes me wonder, uh, carbon monoxide? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Just kind of the weird, distorted realities um, that they were having. Although, though there are some elements to this that are paranormal where they, the ant knows about the, the, the dream with the witch-type character and they never discussed it. But I wonder if there's, I mean, I think sometimes you can have a combination of the two going on, especially in old houses. 
Yeah, and I think one actually feeds the other. So in other words, if there was some sort of carbon monoxide or some other physical thing going on, environmental, sometimes I think that that gets your health to a certain level where other stuff is able to happen as well. And and that I also say about people that have like mental uh, diseases and stuff like that, where they're having mental difficulties. I think sometimes that allows people who are already suffering from that mm-hmm. to then be open to other things that the rest of us may or may not experience. I so agree. I think you're possibly right. I agree. That's an interesting thought on uh, so many different levels about uh, different things. I was doing an interview the other day um, about, I forgot, it was some asylum. Um, and, uh, it was someone who actually worked in this asylum while it was active from like 88 to 98. Um, and it was really interesting because he experienced so many paranormal things while working there. Um, but he also really kind of wondered, you know, how much, or I asked, how often is it the individuals that were housed there that were living there as, as patients, um, how often were they, you know, there was a combination of, yes, there's a mental illness going on here, but on top of that, are they also being plagued by something very paranormal as well? And it's just always being written off as well. They have this disorder and they're, they're just seeing things, you know? Right. Right. I think that happens probably more than we, uh, realize, uh, 855-853-4802, our phone number here at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us let's uh, go over here to a caller and uh, hear your ghost story hi hi tony um it's olivia i told you about the weird spirit in uh one of my classes in college and i have another one to tell but it's something different um i hope you can hear me while i'm driving through the airport as we speak <laughs> um so i went on the weekend with my boyfriend to go meet his family over the Easter weekend and I remember talking to his aunt and his mother we were talking about um, Christianity and it kind of got onto the topic of angels and demons because we were just like I don't know, we were just talking about it and I asked do you think you guys have know guardian angels or do you think there's like evil that follows you because some people have these things it's like i know a person he's not christian he doesn't believe in this stuff but he's had something evil follow him throughout his most most of his life i don't want to share i don't feel like it would be right of me to share the story but you know like it's just knowing people who have dealt with these things is is interesting um I'm getting a little off topic here. I'm sorry. I am. It's like five in the morning here. And I'm driving. I was taking two exams yesterday to uh, the airport. So I'm a little out of it. But back to what I was saying, when I was talking to them, his aunt brought up a story. He's like, I never told you this. And he, uh, she looked at um, his mom, their sibling. And she's like, really? What? What is it? She's like, well, before you were born because they're 10 years apart. She said she was in the hospital. I can't recall why, but it was something like she had something going on where she was like in a near death like moment. But she said that when she was laying there, she felt dazed. Like she said that she remembers this tall 
kind of big, like, black man who had, like, a gentle smile on his face wearing a red velvet suit come in and he, like, put something in, like, you know, her IV bag and he just smiled at her and grabbed her hand and, you know, a squeeze in a bit as, also, as if he's, like, saying, like, you're going to be okay. And he walked away and left. Not only did she see this man, but her mother, who was fully awake, just in a read the magazine, saw this man come in. And the next morning, she felt so much better. She felt like a brand new person, like as if like overnight, everything that she just, you know, suffered from was gone. And she asked the nurse, she's like, who was the black man in the red suit here last night? Like, I don't recall ever seeing anybody wear this type of outfit ever. And I don't think I've ever seen him before. Like, who is he? I want to, you know, um, ask him what he did to make me feel better. And the nurses looked at her and they're like, we have no idea who you're talking about. We have no recollection of a man in a red suit coming in. We would have known and documented the time that he came in, but we never saw anybody. And the mom... Her mom was like, wait, no, I saw him too. Are you sure you didn't see anybody? And they're like, no. It was honestly, like, it gave me chills, but, like, good chills. Like, wow. Like, the fact that, you know, her own mother, who is not sick, is fully, like, you know, all right, is sitting there just reading a magazine casually, sees a random man come in and, you know, change something in her daughter's IV and leave. And then the daughter's better, and the nurses are saying, we don't know who you're talking about. That is clearly a sign that there is another entity that is on this earth that looks out for, like, people like us. Um, So I just found that really intriguing. And my boyfriend, who is more of a, uh, how do I say this? He's more left-brained. Not that I'm saying that all people who are believers and whatnot or like right brains but he goes by facts and the book he doesn't believe in ghosts he believes in angels and demons but he doesn't think that you know they do anything that will come into our lives um he doesn't believe the ouija board can cause harm he doesn't believe that uh i don't know he's weird about it he always says it's the wind or it was just a dream but he does respect my stories and he says, I'm sure something happened to you. It's just whenever I talk to him about stuff that other people have been through, he's like, I don't know about that. But anyway, but he was shocked hearing the story because, you know, he usually tries to be like, well, maybe like it was just uh, like he tries to find a reason to it, but he couldn't name anything. And I was like, there is a reason for you to talk right now. Like his like, you know, your aunt's mother literally saw something and she was perfectly fine that's like as if i was sick and you were sitting in the room just checking in on me and seeing this random person come in and doing this and leaving and you know like you can't explain that you can't you know debunk anything sometimes you just gotta leave these type of things alone and just you know realize there's no answer to it and so I think he respected his aunt and he respected the story. Like, after I talked to him a little later, I'm like, I think, like, you know, this, this just happened. I mean, uh, another small story. My sister, it sounds really harsh, but she's okay. She was hit by a car. Um, I was, like, 10 at the time. And she recalled 
because this car thought that they could cut in front of a semi and the semi hit the car and it spun out of control and it hit my sister and smashed her into the um you know uh, street lamp or whatever she said she recalled feeling a sudden push on her back she like she felt stuck and the sun is almost as if like somebody came up and shoved her out of the way and she feels like it was her guardian angel or our grandfather protecting her because I feel like my grandfather checks in once in a while but I'll feel like somebody's there and sometimes I'll hear like a sudden like you know like <clears throat> in the room or just like a cough or just a <clears throat> just a, a weird like something you know clearing up the throat it's very masculine so I feel like it's my grandfather checking in on us um, I, I believe it was a guardian angel, but I also feel like my grandfather could have done it. Um, anyway, um, sorry, my story's a little everywhere and I'm just giving my own input on everything, but I just found that story from my boyfriend's aunt, like, fascinating, like, beautiful, like, you know, piece of, like, God's work here, personally, as a Christian, um, to know that there are guardian angels in this world that protect us from um, harm, uh, you know, every day. Um, yeah, I've never had an experience, but knowing people that have been through that is just truly fascinating. But um, I haven't been listening to your podcast for a while. It's been busy on my end, but um, I started catching up on this trip to the airport and you guys are doing an amazing job um truly and to all the people that call in like amazing stories really um but god bless y'all i hope you have a great day uh, forgive me if this is like a little long but yeah bye thanks interesting story of things uh, out there to uh, to protect until you wake up one morning and discover that your guardian angel got hungry and your cat's left back paw is missing. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really honed in on the fact that, you know, her boyfriend believes in facts and mm -hmm. believes in the book. I, I took that as believing in the Bible. And, but you know, he believes in, um, in angels and stuff like that, but just that they can't affect our lives and all that kind of stuff. And I always find that interesting because I'm a huge skeptic. You really have to slap me in the face with something before I'll say, Hey, that is something. Sure. But in, in, and while I don't necessarily follow Christianity, I have a respect for it. And I, and I feel like I understand where some of that stuff comes from, but people who can say that they're religious and they believe in, in angels and they believe in the father, the son and the Holy ghost, and then tell you they don't believe in spirits. Uh huh. Hello. Hello, that's part of the triune God thing going on there. There's a spirit. There's a ghost. That's why they used to call it the Holy Ghost. ghost. I know. I I don't I don't understand how the two um, don't like coexist in in every religion. Is like yeah, that's it's kind of just part of what you're all reading. Uh, it's part of the story. Um, yeah, we want you to believe in ghosts because you got to believe in that in order to be saved. But don't believe in ghosts. I know. Okay. It's it's just I I agree. Uh, although you know some versions of it really were open. I remember. Um, here's an interesting one. Uh, I really wish I would have been able to go to this, but I was too young. Um, 
there was remember the horror con house on unsolved mysteries yeah yeah um that episode uh there was one of the investigators who went through that or i I think it was like there was like a priest or something involved uh he came and actually spoke at my parents church when i was a kid uh and it was in the evening it wasn't like in a service or anything it was just like a hey we're this would be an interesting guy and he came and talked about that case and the ghostliness of it and um I, i guess there was some you know a you know correlation with christianity or something um but it was talked about as fact it wasn't like you know don't believe this or that it was like no this is they always were kind of like yeah that's probably something you know yeah it's you know and i'm not trying to diss any religions or anything like that that's not what i'm out for but it, it just always interests me that when it is positive for them to use it as a way to prove their religion they'll use it but if it's against what they want to teach, they'll shoo-shoo it away. And so I think the two have to kind of coexist yeah. in order for you to get a really full picture about what's going on in this world. I don't understand the reason for shoo-shooing it away. I mean, what I don't why is that, you know? I don't know. We're you know, again, we're supposed to believe in heaven and hell and, and devil and all that sure. kind of stuff. If I believe in True. that, then I gotta believe there could be a guy walking into a uh, hospital room in the middle of the night wearing red and black, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess, it, yeah, it kind of, um, it, it puts a little kink in the heaven or hell, but isn't that where, um, is that where Catholics have purgatory? Is, is is purgatory like being a ghost or is that just like a really shitty waiting room? <laughs> yeah, I think it's the waiting line at the, uh, the, the nearest Perkins for breakfast okay. on a Sunday morning is basically <laughs> what that is. Perkins. Are there still Perkins? There's a couple handful out there here and there, but yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was watching this channel that I subscribe to on YouTube. It's uh, called Retail Archaeology. And <laughs> all they do is... God, it's so funny to realize that there's other crazy people out there like me uh, who've always been fascinated with abandoned malls and things of that nature. Yeah. And there's like, these guys get hundreds of thousands of views. Like, I was wanting to do this shit before YouTube. Um and I never thought there'd be that many people, but um, it's just interesting to uh, to learn about some places. I found out that Kmart's, uh, as of the recording of this episode, guess how many Kmart's still exist in the United States? I think I might know this because I may have seen something online because I'm a little bit like you. I think there's one left. Uh, no, there actually happens to be four as of now, but I think one okay. of them is... Uh, doing a going out of business sale i thought there was more than four i really thought like well you know there's probably a couple in every state somewhere because there kind of was for a while but no more kmart's was that kmart music in the background this is it's just kind of yeah like very much like what would have been playing on the muzak system uh in uh, 1984 which, and then you will find the actual yes. audio of people who stole the tapes and put it up on YouTube. I listen to those sometimes. So do I. <laughs> like, just for background, like, I don't want to listen to Pandora. I want to listen to the Kmart radio network. <laughs> and I do, and it's great. <laughs> I still have to laugh because every once in a while on, on the podcast that I do on a, on a weekly basis, yeah. I will talk about the fact that there was, a, there, there was an aisle for wigs and there was a cafeteria <laughs> in this place. There was a wig aisle mm-hmm. and a cafeteria at Kmart. There was. And I yes. always wanted to eat at the cafeteria at Kmart. Never had the pleasure of doing it. It was like, this looks great. This would be fun. Same. 
Yeah. My mom would never take us there. We we could get uh, slushies or ices on the way out because you could yeah. get those before you left the store. So we would do that. But the wig aisle scared the shit out of me. And then the cafeteria always smelled good, but I never had a chance to go back there and eat. Kmart also had a deli. And there was, it wasn't, this was before they even had like a food section. That's right. There You're was right. a big deli, like as you walked in, and they always had sub sandwich samples. And they always put a lot of pickles on their subs. I always like Kmart sub sandwiches. And they would do the cheese and ham sandwich blue light specials every yep. once in a while, too. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Yes. And then it was like around the early uh, 90s or so is when they switched. They closed the cafe. The deli was gone. It's just when their logo changed to just the the red K. Uh, they were kind of like rebranding. And then they all got little Caesars in them. <laughs> and and that just made shopping smell great. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the whole time you're like craving little Caesars as you walk around Kmart. And I remember there was um, I've been into a few Kmarts over the last couple of years when I've been driving around like, oh, there's a Kmart. Um and the little Caesars seem to be all shut down, but they're all still, you know, they were there still like there's just other shit sitting in that area. The same mm -hmm. tiled floor. Um, it looks like little Caesars. It's just and they've been like closed for 10 years, but they never like nobody ever took it down. <laughs> it was just camera was the weirdest store to walk around towards the end because it was just this relic of the past and nothing. And Sears feels like that right now. Sears is that's another one. There's I think there's like 22 Sears left or something now. Yeah, that's so sad, right? I know. And that's another store where you ever go into one and it's like, what is going on here? But yeah, I imagine they'll be dead by the end of the year. But. Last night, to tell you how weird we are together, last night I was actually reading the history of JCPenney and their logo. So that's what I was doing while in bed last night scrolling. You know, it was really cool around there because uh, I, I would do that same sort of shit. The pennies in Sheboygan. Uh, still had that old logo until they like became a Home Depot or something or, not, or a Hobby Lobby. Uh, the old penny where it said pennies, right? Yeah, it was just that big blue, um, yep. the big P on it, and yeah. it, they it, they had that till like I don't know, probably uh, around two thousand. I think is probably about when that place changed, but they never updated to the the new logo. <laughs> And God, we're such we're so weird. I, I just don't understand how many similarities there are. It's just crazy. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's a little retail history for you today on Real Ghost Stories Online. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more patreon.com slash real ghost stories until next time for todd and tony thanks for listening to real ghost stories online